And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. Ryan and I back to recap Survivor 44, episode 12. Cannot believe we just watched the penultimate episode of the season. It's It's gone by pretty fast, but, you know, we're here. How are you doing, Ryan? Dylan, I, uh, I'm doing well. Can't believe we are, as always, once again at the end. It always goes so fast. Um, just finished eating dinner. I promise I will not be burping in anybody's face yeah. tonight. Um, but no, I'm doing good. I uh, got a bit faked out there, but another good episode. Yeah, well, let, let's talk about that. Let's dive right into it. So Jamie ends up going at Tribal Council uh, last night. And I have to say... I'll, look, I'll, I'll be the first to admit. So the reason why we do the podcast on Thursdays or over the weekend is because I usually am working Wednesday nights. So we can't do the podcast Wednesday night right after like we used to because I have work. So what normally happens is I have to be on social media for work all the time. But I make sure to avoid, you know, like my personal account and stuff because or or the or I, I literally like take I literally delete the Our Survivor podcast account from our phone and then log in after the show because i don't want to get like an alert by accident that's like oh this happened or this tweet shows up and then i'm like oh like well like i don't want to see that because you know i'm watching late at night after i get off work so last night i happened to be scrolling on twitter on my personal twitter and i don't have any survivor stuff on my personal twitter i usually do all survivor stuff from our account mm -hmm. so for whatever reason you know, so, uh, Twitter added this for you for you section where it it uh, optimizes towards what you like. So I guess for some reason it knew that I like Survivor, even though I don't look at Survivor stuff on my personal feed. So you know, mm -hmm. uh, right before we're about to watch the episode, I'm scrolling on my for you on Twitter, and I see a tweet that says, "We just lost a Survivor legend tonight," and I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Well, how could I see that?" Right? How can I see that right before I watch the episode? So now I'm thinking the entire episode, Carolyn's going home because I saw that tweet. And it just so happened that the edit of last night was the Carolyn fake out. So the entire episode, I was fooled because I saw the tweet. I think if I didn't see the tweet, then I would have been like, oh, it's a fake out. It's a fake out. It's a fake out. But I was fooled because I saw that tweet. So the entire episode, I'm like, oh my God, this is like an obvious boot episode that's actually going to be an obvious boot. And I was just, I was so, I was so upset the whole episode. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I thought that, uh, you know, I thought that, you know, I predicted on this podcast on Monday that we were going to get a, a jam jam blindside and it was going to be some like epic move. And I'm like, oh, it's just going to be a simple Carolyn vote. Like who wants that? And they even started playing the damn music at the yeah. end. I was like, oh, it's cooked. It's cooked. She kept making the faces. So survivor had me fooled i think by the end of the episode even if i didn't see the tweet i think i would have been fooled regardless um so good job by the editors um and personally i am happy that carolyn is still in the game and the tika three will be seeing the finale all three of them i mean i'll be honest i didn't see any tweet but i also got completely faked out and again look obviously the whole episode was about carolyn and whether or not jam jam would turn against Tika, but with the others and take a shot at Carolyn after her move last week. Um, but basically I thought, you know, there's a chance she could go, but maybe they're tricking us. And then, like you said, they hit us with the emotional music that they always give to like the big characters or the big blind sides, like your Noels, your Sam, um, a Shans, whatever. Uh, and then you have the whole facial expressions where Carolyn, like you could tell she's like, something doesn't feel right. Granted, Jam Jam still voted with her, but he definitely had doubts about voting with her, and she was very keen on picking up on it. So I thought for a bit there she was gone, but then as soon as I saw, because I mean Carson has like the unique camera, as soon as I saw the vote for Jamie with Carson's letters, I'm like, okay, Jamie's gone. Um, but no, I mean, listen, Jamie gone. I think we both saw her as a potential final three goat there. Um, but listen, I think I think it makes sense if you're Tika and you're heading into the final five you need to break up the other strongest alliance in the game, which is Jamie and Lauren, because they're not going to turn against each other. So now you go into a final five with a three, one, one advantage rather than a three, two advantage against Heidi. So I'm, I agree. I'm glad Tika stuck together and we're guaranteed to have at least one Tika in the end. Yeah. I think the, here's the thing about this episode is that I think that it was a, I mean, very obviously and I saw that she was getting a little bit ripped on Reddit and Twitter and stuff, but 
this was su- at least from our perspective. And again, maybe after the season, we listen to all the exit interviews and we hear completely different stuff that we've not seen in the show. But based on what we've seen, this should have been the most, and this is the reason I predicted it. This should have been the most obvious use the idol to break up Tika moment of all time. I mean, it's three in terms of Tika to non Tika. It's three, three. Um, Heidi has an idol. Nobody knows that Heidi has an idol. So why is Heidi trying to be the fourth with Tika instead of working with Lauren and Jamie to potentially blindside one of the other Tika? Um, I I don't know. I, I think this this was the type of thing where like Heidi and Jamie and Lauren were almost on just such opposite sides that it just couldn't be it couldn't be reconciled. Like I could, they couldn't come together. Um, which again, I, I I would have liked to have seen maybe more of that because I'm sitting here the whole time. Like, is this really not an option that like, like everyone's talking, you know, maybe, maybe Carolyn gets voted out, but like, if, you know, it would have been in, in Heidi's best interest. If Carolyn's name was being thrown out there to make sure it's one of the Tika to make sure Carolyn goes home or to maybe say, you know what? I have this idol. We could pull a fast one on even jam jam if we want or we could pull a fast one on Carson. And there was just nothing. And then the, the episode ends with her playing an idol for herself, which she got no votes. So there's just, I don't know if this is like, you know, she's got maybe she's gotten the edit of somebody who's like been trying to kind of make a big move the entire season has never been really able to, and has never been like quite, in touch with what's going on but that was definitely a i guess i want to say disappointing part of the episode where i thought there was potential for a big move you know again we talk about so much how how rare it is these days in survivor for idols to be out there that nobody knows about or idols to be in possession i should say of somebody that nobody knows about so to have it to have it to have the situation where there's a clear power trio and to have the person with the idol just play it for herself just so she's you know guarantees herself to be safe it's like, well, there's basically no way Heidi could win this game now. So it, it, it's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, look, obviously I feel like we can't ever count anybody out. I feel like obviously her winner's equity has gone down a little bit, of course. I still, I think everybody here probably agrees one of Tika will, will most likely win. And I think it's tough because, you know, she played it on herself and ended up wasting it because it really didn't matter i agree with you that an optimal optimal move would have been if you know that tika's going on jamie you can just play the idol on jamie and you can get carolyn out however we saw earlier in the episode heidi apparently because then granted if you hear it in confessionals it's not a lie because obviously carson was lying to lauren's face the whole episode and then in confessionals he's like okay i'm just telling her that but i'm not going to vote out carolyn in confessional heidi tells us the audience so i actually want to go with um, Jam Jam and with um, Jam Jam and Carolyn. Now, I wonder why would she want to go with them? I, she sees Carson as a threat. I, th- I do think Carson is a threat, but clearly she didn't make this move tonight because she wants to be there with Carolyn and Jam Jam. So her next two moves are going to be to try to get out Carson, I assume at five, and then try to, I, I guess, eliminate Lauren and fire or the other way around. But it's like, I keep thinking, why would she want to go to the end with two people who are likable, strategic, and could be threats to win? The only thing I can think of is like she sees them as two Tikas where they can maybe split the jury votes and maybe they get like one or two votes each and then there's still four or five votes for her to claim. And she's like, okay, well, if if they split their votes, I can maybe get the rest of the jury and they'll vote for me. Carson, I see, is a big threat. Lauren has a lot of friends on the jury like Jamie now, like Kane, Brandon. She's a lot of friends. So the safest option is to go with two Tika that are a bit kooky. And maybe they'll get like split votes and I can win. So that was probably Heidi's reasoning. I still feel like she should have taken a shot at Tika here. Cause now if they want to run the table, they can easily do it. But yeah, that was very, I mean, the episode focused on jam jam's decision, obviously. And we'll get into that, but Heidi's decision also here was very interesting too. Yeah. And I, I could be, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like I remember that Heidi said that I'd, in her pregame press, I'm pretty sure she she said her favorite player was Sandra. So maybe like Hero's Villains is on her mind and she's thinking that uh, she could be the Sandra in that situation if she goes with two Tika. But the, the issue with that logic is that is that the Tika aren't disliked like those <laughs> like Barbary and Russell were in that season, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like she's going to the to the final tribal council where 
she's going to get votes because everybody dislikes the fact that Tika, like the people that are Tika or that Tika dominated the whole game. Like, no, we've very much clearly seen by pretty much everybody how well liked Carolyn and uh, Carson and uh, Jam Jam are, right? So she's not going to get any votes if she goes, at least I don't think so, if she goes with two Tika. So I, I think that she has a little bit of a flawed logic there. Um, but I want to ask you if we, you know, like you said, the entire episode focused on Jam Jam's decision in this case. Mm -hmm. What did Jam Jam and Carson make the right choice to keep Carolyn in the game? I think so. Because here's the thing. Obviously, Jam Jam... And I, and I disagreed a little bit because when he was like, oh, I need to decide whether to emotionally keep Carolyn or be strategic and cut her, I feel like they're they're both the same thing here. Emotionally and strategically, I think you should and you want to keep Carolyn because the problem is that it's the rest of the tribe understands that Teak is a big threat. They've been playing the middle of the whole merge. They haven't lost anybody since the pre-merge. And Franny tried to get the troops together and no one took a shot, and now they realize Tika makes up half the final six. So they realize that one of them could win. They, they all acknowledge Carson could win, they acknowledge Jam Jam could win, and they acknowledge Carolyn is now underestimated and she could win. If you are Jam Jam and you take out Carolyn here because you, you're scared she's going to make it to the end and win, and by the way, the only way she gets there is if she... Listen, anybody can win on any given Sunday, but um, I don't think Carolyn's winning immunity at five or four. And I think a weird scenario would need to happen where she beats someone in fire unless somebody just does not know how to make fire there. So when Jam Jam says to Carson, I'm scared she's, she'll get there and win, I don't know how she gets there like as dominantly as Jam Jam thinks. But additionally, like I was saying, if you are Jam Jam and you take Carolyn out, you now go into the final five at a 3-2 disadvantage. It would be super easy for Heidi, Jamie, and Lauren to say – Oh, perfect. Let's just take out Carson and Jam Jam now. They can't do a single thing against us. Because because of Final Five, you could even do like a 2-2-1 split and they can't stop you. So at like like Carolyn was saying, at the very least, Tika has to stick together for the final six votes. At five, I guarantee you they're gonna take a swing at each other. But like you have to stick together at six. So I think he made they made the right choice to stick together here. Yeah. I, I think if, if Jam Jam had voted out Carolyn. He was right up next, right? He was done at final five if he didn't win immunity. Um, he, he they needed the Tika to stick together for one more vote, and this way you at least you at least guarantee that you can't be outmatched in terms of the numbers uh, come final five. Even though again, it seems like Heidi's with them, but honestly, you can never trust that because if Heidi, if they had voted out Carolyn, and then Heidi says, you know what? I didn't I didn't uh, make a move at the final six, but now is my time to strike and like. I'm going to be getting credit for getting out the biggest threat in this game by voting out Jam Jam. And then all of a sudden Carson loses in fire. And now uh, Heidi's sitting there uh, with Lauren and Jamie at the end. So I think that the, to optimize the best, uh, to optimize everybody's on Tika's best chance to get to the end and to win, that was the right move to stick all three to, uh, to all three for all three to stick together. But like you said, final five, all bets are off. I think that, uh, there is a chance that they start swinging at each other there. Now, you mentioned a situation that I think they actually touched on yesterday, um, whereas you said you were a little bit confused on how Jam Jam thinks that Carolyn could kind of just definitely get to the end. There was a, I don't know if you caught it, there was a very small, and we could go back and check, but there was a very small part of last night's episode where Carson says, I think Carson and Jam Jam acknowledge that Carolyn apparently could beat anybody in fire. So... I don't know if that's something they're afraid of. I think that I believe Jam Jam said something like she literally practices fire every single day. Um, yeah, yeah, she practiced until her hands bled. bled. That that was the quote. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jay, for that. Uh, putting that in the chat. But yeah, that that was the quote. So we're getting look, we're getting a lot of a lot of fire foreshadowing this mm -hmm. season, right? We're getting a lot of foreshadowing in general. Let's not and you brought this up. Let's not forget Franny basically begging to take a shot at the Tika not being able to get it done and then Franny going home and Natatika is still sitting here. So clearly there is, has been foreshadowing that's correct this entire season. And we keep a, once again, yesterday we saw, I believe it was one of them, but all season we've been seeing Heidi and Carson staring at the fire and, and like the reflection in their glasses, mostly Carson, but I believe we got it with Heidi a couple times also. So I'm thinking that it could be, 
maybe them two against each other, or at least one of them probably sitting there. I think everybody thinks Carson's going to fire. So that that's my prediction. I don't know about Heidi yet, but yeah. maybe Heidi's making the decision about fire. Maybe she wins the final immunity and sends Carson. Yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, the Carolyn thing is certainly something to watch out for. Um, I think I even mentioned on, and I'll let you go in a second. I, I think I even yeah. mentioned last, last podcast on Monday, I could see a situation where Carson wins final immunity and then gives it up to go compete in fire because he knows that in order to maybe take out Carolyn or take out a jam jam, he needs to step up and do it. So I could see a lot of different scenarios happening, but I, I do think that Carolyn, we kind of have heard that she's a big fire threat. So I think that that was the concern there. Yeah. So I think before we get to uh, the, the rest of the episode and also, you know, obviously we're going to spend a good chunk of time looking ahead to next week, the fire, who takes who we'll kind of go through our whole final five scenarios. But um, while we're still on tonight, tonight's vote, let me quickly ask you, um, who do you think was like the kingmaker tonight? Because obviously Jam Jam was deciding whether to vote out Jamie or Carolyn. He decides to vote out Jamie, but you see him talking to Carson and Carson is like, look, you're my number. You're my, you're my number one out of the three of us. And I want us to kind of vote together. So my question for you is, do you think, Jam Jam decided it in the end. You know what? I'll stick with Carolyn and Carson. Let's vote out Jamie. Or do you think that Carson made the final choice? Jam Jam goes to Carson and says, can we do Jamie? And he go, and Carson just says, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it with you tonight. And Jam Jam's like, well, I don't want us to vote differently, so I'll vote with you. Like, do you think Who do you think made the final decision? Because it's clear that out of the three of them in that triangle, Carolyn trusts Carson more than Jam Jam. Jam Jam trusts Carson more than Carolyn. My question is, who does in confessionals, who does Carson actually trust more? Is it Carolyn because she saved him, or does he trust Jam Jam? So I guess that those are my two questions to you. Who does like Carson trust more? And then who do you think made the final decision last night? So I think Car I think there was no way that Carson was voting Carolyn last night. But yeah. I do think that I do think that Jam Jam, like, I think that he also like agreed to i'm gonna say that he like made the decision still even though carson uh i, I don't think was gonna do it just because i feel like we're getting i mean at least we're getting it from jam jam's perspective i feel like where he's always been the decision maker how many times this season have we heard him say whoever whoever goes, comes after me goes home we've heard we've heard it so many times so it makes me think that he hiding is, in plain sight is, is jam jam our winner is, is that our repeated yeah, quote that, that's, what, that's what i'm saying is like this is like a little like a little thing where I, Stephen Fishback keeps tweeting about this. He's like, that's got to be his argument at final tribal council, you'd think, if he gets there. is like, everybody that has gone after me goes home. Um, but we keep hearing it from him. So I'm thinking he's the primary decision maker. I'm not really sure if, like, I get that vibe just, like, uh, like subconsciously because he's, like, older than Carson and stuff like that. But I think, I think that's what it is. Now, I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what it is. And in terms of Carson, who he trusts more, it seems like it's Jam Jam. Like I, I don't know if you're if you're Carson, who would you want to go to the end with more, Car Carolyn or Jam Jam, or does Carson want to go with? What does he actually want to go with both? I don't know. That that's really tough. Granted, we're seeing things differently than him. I guess in his mind, Carolyn for most of the game has been underestimated, and now we're starting to see her as well. We've seen her. They're starting to see her as a player, and he's probably thinking. I can't just bring her and expect a slam dunk. I, I might have to actually fight against her to get some votes. Meanwhile, I feel like Jam Jam saying to people, you know, if you vote for me, you're gone. And Carson probably sees him playing a very strong game. Even though Jam Jam got votes in the early merge, people obviously really love Jam Jam. They acknowledge she plays a great social game. So I feel like if I was Carson, I would be a little bit more scared of going against Jam Jam but I would no longer think, okay, if I'm against Carolyn, I got it. Like I would be thinking it's a little, little tougher for me to be Carolyn than I, than I thought. Yeah. I think that the main theme of this episode, and I'm wondering, it's so weird. Cause we see this is, this is like such a, honestly, this is like a small evolution to the game, but I think players like, Car we never had a player like Carolyn, but players that are si as similar as you could be to Carolyn in the past. Um, maybe like I'll even throw out the example of like a Marianne, right? She was completely underestimated. She made one or two big moves. And by that point, like it was too late before people realized that she was like great and stuff. I, I think that this is like the best edited um, 
type of character that we've seen that's like in Carolyn's like archetype, if that makes sense. Like we're we're seeing people say like Carolyn's a huge threat. She could win the game. She, you know, and I, I think we're getting a lot of like, even though she's an emotional player, she's really actually like really good at the game. Um, we're getting a lot of that, and I, I like that a lot. Um, I'm I'm of the assumption, and maybe I'm wrong. I feel like Carolyn is gonna win if she gets to the end. But I think that Jam Jam will be extremely tough to beat. And I'm I, I think if Jam 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 Jam's gotta go at final five if you're if you're Carson and if you're Carolyn, I think. But I also like think that I think that low key each Tika member thinks that they could win against any of the other Tika members, which is really and that's a really interesting dynamic, right? We've had a strong three. I think Jam Jam thinks he could beat Carolyn and Jam Jam thinks he could beat Carson. I think Carson thinks he could beat both Jam Jam and Carolyn. And we've heard we heard Jamie say something like, oh, and, you know, obviously she could have easily been just trying to play it up. But she was like, well, if uh, you don't want to sit next to Carson at the end, like he could he could definitely get all the votes there. So it's like not only, you know, I, I think a lot of people, they have their own like self-confidence that they could beat the others. Mm-hmm. Um I think that again, if I had to rank them right now, I'd probably say like Carolyn and Jam Jam are very close. But I think at this point, Carson's probably like a clear third. That if they were all three sitting there together, then See, I, 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 I almost I, I I think Carson would be a third. I don't know. So here's here's my before you get into it. I I think the reason for this is like we've historically seen younger players like Carson, who's only twenty, I believe, or nineteen we have seen them get less respect than a player like a jam jam who is 36 or however old he is, or Carolyn, like he's there. Uh, Carolyn, Carolyn, I know is, I think 36, right? I don't know how old jam jam is, but I got it. I got it. I'm, I'm looking. How, how old? Uh, Carolyn is 35. 35. Jam jam's 36. Okay. I was like, I hope I didn't botch their age too bad. Yeah. Okay. No, so, you're, you're good. You're good. So, right. So there, I felt like that just generally, a Carson type player has not gotten the respect at the ends. Maybe, maybe for a lot of different reasons, maybe he's different than, than players in the past, but like we saw it with Xander and Carson's definitely like a better player than Xander, but also like, I don't know. We we've historically seen, it's very hard for the 19, 20 year old to get the votes at the end, especially if he's going against two other very good players that he aligned with the entire time. So that I would probably rank Carolyn and Jam Jam neck and neck, and then Carson like a third. But what, what, how are you viewing it right now? So, I mean, here's it, it's very tough because, on one hand, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I agree that I think J- Carolyn, especially if you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have maybe said Carolyn three because I didn't think the jury was or the players still in the game were going to respect her really at all. But after her move last week to, to, I mean, she didn't save Carson, but she really made a move to save Carson. And then once she opens up this episode explaining, which I mean, granted, I, everyone was like, why are you saying so much? But I think other people that have played an idol before, like a, um, like I think Davey or somebody that have played an idol before is like, you just get like an adrenaline high after doing that. And like, you just can't stop yourself. So she couldn't really slow herself down, but no, she's like, you know what? Yeah. I got Sarah with a fake idol and everyone's like, oh my God, you're actually really good. So I think now her, her win equity has gone up in that case because people respect her more. And I do agree with you. I, I said this before with Xander. I said it before with other young players. When they get to the end, they just don't get the respect sometimes. I think the only difference with Carson here is that he's one of the younger players that we've had, but people still respect him a lot. Like you were saying, oh, Jamie was, you know, like hyping up Carson, like, oh, we can't beat him, just give him the check, which he could have just been saying that. But if you, for in case you didn't remember, um, in confessional, so to us, Danny says like, I mean, granted, this is kind of cheesy, but he's like, you know, you know, if I was up there or a clone of myself against Carson, I might vote for Carson over the clone of myself. So it's like people really do like Carson a lot. Kane, I know, likes Carson a lot. I, I don't know what Brandon and Matt's relationship with him is. But Carson could get definitely get votes. I do feel like Jam Jam, though, with his if you vote for me, you're gone argument might still win the day there. But I feel like people, even though he's young, especially compared to like Xander, I think people would respect Carson more, though. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it is very tough. I, I don't think he'd be like a zero vote finalist by any means if he went against the other two Tika, but I do I do think that he may struggle to get votes um, just because based on past circumstances. But also, let me, and you, you brought up this, that I wanted, I was going to bring this up next. So Carolyn, after her idol play, brings up the whole idol scheme of how she planted the fake idol and how she had the idol the whole time. And everyone was so amazed by it. 
at first I'm sitting there like, what is she doing? How could you be like yelling about this? Um, like telling everybody exactly what you did. Like you got to save that for the end. At the same time though, I think there's an argument to be made that this may not have been the worst move ever. Like I, I, I forget who it was. I want to say it was Rick Devins, but it was I, Rick Devins. Yeah. I know what yeah. you're referring to. It was Rick. Right. He, he had a tweet that said something like, honestly, like it seems on the surface, like it, you know, when you're watching the episode and it's clear that Carolyn is on the chopping block and maybe the biggest threat now, according to everybody else, it seems like a bad thing to do. But also, you can make an argument that based on what we saw, she's respected a lot more for that story, right? So it's like, you know, if people are are knowing that before they even go to tribal council and before they hear a speech, she's already going into the final tribal council if she gets there with a lot of respect. So it's that tough balance of how much of your game do you, do you, you know, how much of a silent game could you possibly play while getting the respect? I think that, you know, while she may have gone on a little bit too much about it, I think that it is good that players know kind of what she did because if she just goes up there in her final tribal council speech and then like, you know, maybe she doesn't even have the opportunity to throw that in that she did that at the final tribal council. So I I think it's just, you want the players that you're eventually putting up there to have respect for your game. And you can't always do that if you're playing the most silent game. So I do think that, you know, there is a layer of it where you say, okay, it's kind of good that she told that story. I agree. I mean, I think Rick says it pretty well. And granted, Rick Devins is somebody, granted, EOE was a very different type of season, but he kind of, not created, because other people have done it before, but like he really drove home the point of you're putting on a show in front of the jury. Now, granted, that jury was struggling because they were on EOE, which is terrible. But even for people at Ponderosa, I mean, you're someone like Matt, and Matt's been out of the game now for nine days. Matt's not going to be seeing the final three for another few days. So like Matt and Brandon have been out of the game for a long time. Like for you to entertain the jury, like Rick did, like is really impressive. So for Carolyn to do the idol move, it's already kind of gets people thinking like, Oh wow, Carolyn's pretty, pretty good. Then you get people in the game. Cause it, cause if you make it to the end, half those people are going to end up on the jury. Anyway, you get them start to thinking, okay, Carolyn, we underestimated her. She actually, puts on an act and she has a lot of great perspective on the game. You really get them thinking, granted your target is going to grow and you have to kind of still escape a couple votes. But if she gets there, I feel like she peaked at a good time where it's like now people don't have to come. They don't, they don't have to come into final tribal and say, all right, Carolyn has to change my mind. She's already started to change some minds. So as long as she has a good performance at the end and get, owns her game and makes a good pitch, She's already done the groundwork. If she didn't do, if she didn't do the idol play, if she didn't say all this stuff about the fake idol and her like being smart at the game or whatever, she would have had to come into final tribal and really sell herself. And she already is going to be starting behind. Now she's at least caught up to people, if not passing people. So I feel like, like Rick's saying, it's a bit dangerous. It might seem like, but it may have been needed in some regard. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it is a great point. I we'll we'll see what happens if Carolyn gets there to the end. I am so curious to hear what she has to say at Final Tribal Council if she gets there. And I'm so curious to see the reactions of everybody else that is on the jury. Because like I think it is awesome that they're clearly starting to respect her game because we've seen it from the very beginning, but I don't think anybody else out there really has besides like maybe jam jam and maybe Carson. And that's kind of it. And even, even both of them have been like taken aback by her the last couple episodes. So I think it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun if we do see her get there. Um, I think, I think to answer your question really quickly though, like like, what I'm really curious what her argument's going to be. I think she kind of gave you a sneak peek tonight. I mean, she basically like when, when Jeff was saying, um, she was asking her the, the question and she's like, oh, is this my goodbye speech? And he's like, no, I'm just asking you a question. But um, she was saying, you know, people see me as emotional and I own that. Like, like I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm a fully strategic player because I know I'm very emotional. But you don't, it, again, like we said at the start, like we said as we went through the season, we used to say people are either characters or they're players. And very, very rarely do you have people that are both. But Carolyn is the prime example of both. She's a great character and she's a great player. And you can be both emotional and you can also be strategic. And she is going to own that if she gets to the end and say, people underestimated me. I was not acting goofy and dumb. I am goofy and dumb sometimes, but that's who I am. And I'm able to play a great game even through that. So that's going to probably be her main pitch. 
my question is if she gets there with jam jam will that stand up over him saying like matt you voted for me you're gone josh you voted for me you're gone um brandon you voted for me you're gone like what what will the jury again like, like i said the jury each jury has their own rubric what will this jury respect more is the question four four vote Ty, uh, uh, Carson, <laughs> Carson, Carson decides who wins. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Heidi decides who wins. I don't know. That would be crazy, but, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. It is two very interesting arguments. I, I think the dip, here's the thing with when I, when I'm putting Carson third, I feel like I haven't heard, we know Carson's story, right? Like we know he's the kid who is a crazy super fan, really smart, um, uh, rocket scientists who, 3d printed and practiced all the puzzles and and was able to dominate challenges and is just a really smart kid really good strategist as well um but like i feel like we haven't heard him articulate his exact game as much as we have heard carolyn and jam jam articulate their games maybe maybe i'm missing it but like we always hear jam jam say whoever voted me is going home and we've been hearing a lot lately of Carolyn talking about her emotional player and how she's been hiding behind her. Like, like it's okay to be an emotional player. You could also be emotional and strategic at the same time. Like we've been hearing a lot of both of them say it. I feel like we haven't exactly heard like Car what would Carson's final pitch be against them? Maybe. And we can maybe hear that at the beginning of the finale next time, but I, I don't know. What do you think Carson's pitch would be against them? If I had to guess, I would say Carson's pitch is that he is, I mean, granted, Tika always made the, the decision. So you have to figure out how do you stand out from the other Tikas because you can always say, oh, you know, we we made decisions together. But Carson's argument would probably be he really has been the person who has been driving a lot of the votes in the game. He has had a lot of agency. Like even if you go back to episode two, and granted, I think former players have said what, what you do from merge on counts, like what you do in the pre-merge doesn't really count. Like, like I mean, granted, I, I don't think Russell was ever bringing up that he got Tyson to, like, to get himself out, but like the jury cares what happens at Merge on. So no one's going to care that Carson got out Helen, but Carson could say, you know, since the beginning of the game, I'm always the kingmaker. I'm always the person who has had the most agency in the game. I was the one who was like, you know, I want to go with Car Carolyn and Jam Jam instead of Sarah and uh, Helen. I'm the one who took out Franny to basically weaken Carolyn's game and force her to come back to us. I've I've been tricking Lauren and Jamie for five weeks in a row now. They always think they're with me, and I keep blindsiding them and taking out their allies. Um, I took out Heidi's closest ally and Danny. Like I feel like Carson's the one that I can say maybe more than Carolyn and Jam Jam. Like, yeah, you voted for me, you're gone. Yeah, I play emotional and strategic, but he might say I've had the most agency, and I'm essentially the one that's like everyone trusts me. Everyone comes to me with information, and then I end up making the the I end up making the decision that like sends somebody home basically he he has it so yeah i agree he has an argument to be made to the jury that he's played the best social game right he he could say i he could say everybody came to me with information i always knew what was going on i always knew where the votes were going and i used that to my advantage he could say i you know got by the twist got transferred over to switch tribes to ratu and i made a great relationship with kane uh i got you know uh he he could say something what Matthew, I believe he, he had a good relationship with Matthew and like he knew about Jamie's idol that would end up being fake, but he, he like was able to get information. He had a good relationship with pretty much everybody on every tribe. And then to the point where he was still able to get information from Ratu people after he, after the merge happened while still being aligned with Tika. So he was able to basically reconcile his relationship with Jam Jam and Carolyn run the game that way, but also kind of play undercover and be able to get information from uh, the Ratu, like like Kane, and, you know, also kind of seem to be able to get information from everywhere. Like, everybody trusted him. Danny, Danny, we heard his confessional that you brought up. Like, everybody seems to like him. Uh, he was able to get Carolyn all the way at the end to play her idol that nobody knew about for him uh, to save him. Um, and that's a testament to social game as well. So I, I think... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, he he could make that argument, but again, we haven't heard him articulate it as much. Um, is there anything? Is there anything you want to go over still within the episode that we didn't talk about? Let me look. Let me look at our notes before we get to the finale. 
and like looking ahead to everybody, what did we not cover in the episode? I mean, the, I mean, the challenges were pretty straightforward. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I mean, I think I think we kind of covered most of everything. Basically, the whole decision of Jam Jam having to decide whether to go with Tika or not. Jamie and Lauren still really feel like they're go they're working with Carson and Carson and confessionals like I'm duping them. Um, basically, I mean, I, I think the one thing, the last thing I'll say before we move on, like you said earlier, is, I mean, Heidi sounds like she never even considered voting with Jamie and Lauren. Like that was interesting to me because, it, I mean, yes, she was debating whether she should play her idol or not, and that was what she was weighing. But it wasn't like we ever heard her say, like in the Jam Jam spot, do I go with the girls and split up Tika in a three-three and make them go to rocks, or do I vote? Do I vote with Tika and hope to sit next to two of them and kind of split their votes? She never said that, and I think it's because she, like she said to Carolyn, Jamie, and this is why Tika and I, I have to say, Shannon Gus said this very perfectly. We we keep saying this is Tika season. Tika's been doing great, but I feel like we may not be giving them enough credits for them to play the middle as well as they did, that they never, they really were never in danger at any point. And they got the whole rest of the merge tribe to kind of, kind of cave in on each other because like Heidi didn't even Dylan, Heidi didn't even consider really from what we saw voting with Jamie and Lauren. She was like, they wrote my name down last week. I, I can't trust them. And I'm like, well, Tika's like done all the, all the, all the groundwork. All you have to do is just hope she doesn't play her idol for, um, for Jamie. And Heidi was never going to do that because Heidi's gotten votes the last three or four votes in a row. So she's paranoid enough and she's a bit, you know, self-interested to think I got to use this for myself. So they really set themselves up very well. So that was the last thing that I think kind of just surprised me, but I just think it speaks more to how great the three of them have played this game. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. They, they've been basically masterful with, with the way that they've navigated everything. And the fact that they're still sitting there, all three of them going into the finale. I mean, when was the last time that we saw a trio like this dominate? Or even honestly, it's 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 even been a while since we've seen a duo roll into the finale like this, right? When was the last? Like even even last episode, Jesse and Cody end up breaking up right before the finale, right? Yeah. That, that happens in the penultimate episode. Uh, I would I would say if you're talking about like a underdog team, now that could be either two, three, or four. Because I'm struggling to come up with a three, but let's just say two through four. Like, who are the best underdog duos, trios, quartets that have ever done it? I think of, like, Jala Pau. So I think of Steven, Taj, and JT. They go against Timbira, and they, they they get three of themselves to the final four. So I think of uh, um, JT and Steven and Taj. I think of Foa Foa with Russell. You know, they basically dismantle Galu, and they go from a 4-12 and 12 minority to being four of the final five. And then I think of Tika. So I think those are the three examples that I think Tika, Jalapau, and Foa Foa were those. I mean, granted, Malcolm and Denise, of course, too, was the, the classic example. And, like, and, and, and Dom and Wendell as well, right? And Dom and Wendell. Right. Well, but Dom and Wendell, the difference is like they're a dynamic duo, but they were never in the minority. Like the the purple tribe that they were on, I can't remember the name, like Naviti. They, Dom and Wendell yeah, they were just never. They the game, right. They, they, were, they were already in the numbers. Like they got rid of Chris Noble because they had enough numbers. So the point is like, People that are like Tika, that they come to the merge at a deficit. I think of Samoa, Token Chains, Philippines in this season as like the four prime examples of like underdogs who just like flipped the whole game on its head. Yeah, it, it was really impressive. And let, let's not forget, we, I mean, what they did pinning Ratu, the way that Ratu and uh, Soka were like pinned against each other and the fact that like they took advantage so much of that to the point where like Heidi still <laughs> Heidi still in the final six is not considering voting with Ratsu. Like it is just it is unbelievable. Heidi voted for Danny <laughs> right. at one point. <laughs> they, they got him. And Danny didn't believe and, da and Danny completely just bought it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um let's act, let's get the questions right now and then or we could do you know what? Let's do let's do let's do power rankings. So like how we see the finale playing out and then we'll get to questions. All right. Okay. All right. I'll go first. So I was clearly completely wrong with my jam jam blindside prediction for this week. Uh, Jamie ends up going. So now we're left with a final five of jam jam of the three Tico, Lauren and Heidi. Right. I think that the way the finale goes is I'm still going to stick with my Lauren final five boot prediction. Um, 
And then I'm going to say the final four is the three Tika and Heidi. I'm going to say that I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go bold and say that I'm going to go bold and say Carson wins final immunity. Uh, gives it up to go against Carolyn and fire. Jam, I'm going to say, I, I have a weird feeling that jam jam is just going to co- is going to coast because like, I feel like the way and it shouldn't be like that. But if you think about it, Heidi, and I, I know that Rob, if you listen to Rob Cesarino and Steven last night, I didn't listen to, I listened to like 10 minutes of it, but the first 10 minutes, Rob said something that I think is very interesting. He said, I think the big hidden storyline of this season will be jam jam and Heidi must've been way closer than we had been led on to. And it makes sense theoretically because why is Heidi always so locked in with them? I don't know. Um, but that couldn't be, it could be a decent theory. And if, if she were to win final immunity, I could kind of see him being taken and seeing Carson and Carolyn be put into fire. If Carson wins uh, immunity, I could, I could see him trying to boost his resume to take out another Tika uh, and giving up the, the immunity. He's a big super fan. I think that he, they've acknowledged that Carolyn's a huge threat in fire. uh, And they've acknowledged that Carolyn's a huge threat in the game. Um, And we know that Carson has basically practiced every single challenge um, the entire season. So I'm going to predict that somehow Carolyn and Carson, whether it's, whether it's Carson winning immunity and giving it up or Carson losing immunity and getting put there, I'm going to predict they go against each other, Carson and Carolyn and fire jam jam and Heidi are at the end. And I'm going to still based on the stories, I'm going to say Carson loses fire to Carolyn, uh, Carolyn jam jam versus Heidi. And to be completely honest, I'll stick with my prediction from last week that Carolyn wins, but I think that that is going to be a very close vote and intriguing in the final Charlotte council. So I see it kind of similar, but a little bit differently. And obviously we could be completely wrong. Um, maybe I've been listening to too much Steven, but I also think Lauren might get fifth place. Um, now I'll let me, let me put it into a game sense. Cause I feel like I, I could just say, Oh, we haven't seen her. She's getting the fifth place at it, whatever. Let's say, and this will lead into my argument here. Carson wins final five immunity. Then Jam Jam is, and them are like, all right, do we go for Carolyn again? Carolyn probably says, why don't we go for Lauren in this case? Because you could go for Heidi, because Heidi might be considered a bigger threat. But now Lauren's got three votes on the jury, because I feel like Jamie would vote for her. Brandon would definitely vote for her. And I'm going to guess Kane might vote for her. So she has three out of eight votes already. You only need two more. Or if it's a 4-3-2 vote or 4-3-1 vote, you actually only need one more. So they might vote out Lauren actually as a jury uh, jury threat. We might say, why would you vote out Lauren here? But clearly I think Lauren has had a good social game. She's the only person left without a vote against her, which is pretty impressive. And I think we just haven't seen her game. So I'll say Lauren maybe gets fifth as a potential jury vote threat. But Carson wins immunity. Um, I will, and by, and by the way, we'll, and we'll go over this in the questions because I had jotted this down too. There's a chance that we might see an idol at the final five, whether it comes from the old camp or from the new camp. But so I don't know how to factor in idols here, but let's just pretend there's nothing. So then at final four, I think Carson and Heidi are going to make fire. Um, I feel like, and, and I, the reason why I said Carson will win immunity here is because I think Jam Jam could win final immunity. So you would think, oh, he wants to send Car- Carolyn into fire. But I'm wondering, as Carson has won more, more and more challenges now, and maybe Carson comes up close behind Jam Jam in this final challenge, does Jam Jam finally see, I don't want to go against Carson. Let me take Carolyn. Because kind of like with um, – um, I, I can't remember who did this in 41, 42, 43. But it's like if I take somebody – It'll make them look like Alexander took Erica because he's like, oh, it'll make Erica look weaker because I took her and she was brought to the end. And everyone's like, you idiot, you brought Erica. So I feel like Carson might get put into fire because he's seen as a threat by Jam Jam. Jam Jam brings Carolyn to make Carolyn look weaker because he brought her to the end. Heidi, I agree with you. Heidi beats Carson. Carson loses fire. So our four and five are the same. And then I would like Carolyn to win, but I'm going to predict Jam Jam's going to win. So we have a yeah. similar path, but kind of different. 
I get I can see that. Um yeah, I think the main the main prediction is we 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 have the same final three. I think that the votes are gonna come down to Carolyn versus Jam Jam in, in the final uh, in the fir- top two places. So uh all right. Similar there. Um let's get to questions. So we have a question from Brittany to open it up here. Uh she wants to know Jeff said publicly a few years ago they would never hide an idol at tribal. Do you think he'll change his mind? I'll say no. I mean, granted, Jeff has changed his mind at times, but we've also seen Jeff on this podcast when he when he has an idea, whether he likes or hates something, he kind of sticks with it. I'm gonna say we'll never see an idol at tribal. I could see him changing his mind, but the fact that there wasn't in the first four seasons after Adam tried that is definitely discouraging for people who want it to happen. So, <laughs> speaking of twists, can I bring up one quick thing before we get back to questions? Yeah, and I want to know if you agree with me and people in the chat agree with me. I cannot think of a twist or a game mechanic that I think is so boring and inconsequential as the final five go to a new camp. I I think it is so boring. I, I don't understand why Jeff thinks it's so cool because they have to earn it, start over with two days left. Jeff, if they're bringing their stuff to tribal because they know it's coming, it's not a good twist. Like, I don't know what he that sees. Was, in, I, don't, I don't know what he sees in this twist. The only logical thing that I can think of, and actually Ricard brought this up and actually makes a little bit of sense, do you think it's a cheeky way of production saying, get out of camp so we can either clean up camp or we can prep it for the next season? Because I, for the life of me, can't think of why Jeff wants them to go to a new beach all for the purposes of you're going to earn it for your last two days. You've been giving them no food for 24 days. What makes I, – I, Dylan, is this the most – pointless twist they've ever had i don't see anything that matters with this at all the the only time i thought it was like kind of like uh like brought things together was and again i never thought i'd bring up this season ever again but island of the idols were like they uh, lived on they lived on island of the idols like in the last five i like it made sense like that's that's different yeah. it made like sense this is just like going to a new new beach like yeah it's it's boring and, and they, they know what's happening. They bring the, they bring everything to travel. Like, so. you know what the sad part is? You would think Jeff would say, oh, they've caught on to this. I need to change it up. On his podcast, he's like, I like it. We're going to keep it going. I'm like, Jeff. I said, I, I love Jeff, but Jeff, sometimes Jeff just can't get out of his own way, honestly. Yeah. Um. All right. So Jay wants to know, do we know if Carolyn told Jam Jam that she had the idol? I'm not sure. Do you guys know? I, I think that we it was clear that I think it was made clear by her that she never told anyone except for Carson. Right. Is that correct? From what we saw, nobody knew except for Carson, like 10 minutes beforehand. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, this is a good question. Uh, he says, uh, Jay says Carson has to be the best player when speaking of their play. Uh, when speaking of players in their early twenties that survivors ever had thoughts, oh. you know, who Carson reminds me of kind of, I don't know how old I don't know how old he was when he. That's the problem. Like I, I can think of young people, but the age I can't think of the age. I don't know how old he was, but I believe he was in college at the time. But when Spencer season twenty eight when he debuted, I don't know how I don't know if he was in grad school or out of college. I don't know how old he was on that season, but I want to say he had to be probably early twenties, right? Or was he a little bit older than that? I, would, I mean, Spencer was young. I, I'll look it up. I would guess maybe he was 24. I'll have right to look. Uh, Spencer. Oh, he, he was 21. Okay, so so, so that, that's a fair comparison, 21. Yeah. For me, I that's always been my – I've always saw them as similar for some reason. Like this entire season, I'm like, he's like the new era Spencer. But I don't know. That's So I, I would say, is Carson one of the best players in the early 20s? For sure. I, I think the fact that he's getting this much respect from everybody else, at least seemingly, is is very impressive. And I, again, I, I've mentioned that in the past. We haven't really seen that. So the fact that even if even if he were to get to final tribal council and not get the votes to win, the fact that he he clearly is respected out there, and that is that is very impressive. Yeah, people in the chat are saying Todd. Obviously, I I, I didn't remember how old Todd was, but uh, Todd obviously is an amazing winner. And if he was in his early twenties, then yeah, Todd is a perfect example of someone who was a young player and survivor, but did extremely well with their cast. Um, somebody else that I think of that was extremely young was Victoria in Edge of Extinction, and I I mean she was somebody who I feel like played a really good game, probably underrated. 
And the only reason that she got voted out in like fifth place or sixth place is because Chris came back from EOE and he's like, oh yeah, the whole jury would vote for Victoria if she was there. And she's like, like, <laughs> like, like what the hell? So <laughs> more reasons why we can complain about EOE. But basically, um, and also, I mean, also from EOE, Gavin was only 23 as well. So it's like, no, there are a bunch of young players that are 25 and younger that crushed it. Again, ages, the age just messes me up with how old people are. But, and again, Xander was good too. The problem with Xander was that, you know, people just didn't, respect his game or thought he was you know not the most genuine but no there's a lot of great young players in survivor it's just like the problem is sometimes you get there and they don't want to vote for you yeah yeah for sure yeah i think todd is a good one uh and you had a few other good ones as well let me see this is a good question um well i mean actually actually recently marianne was like i think 24 25 so she also was like really young and a good point it's a good point um so Jay wants to know who do you guys think the current jurors will end up rooting for and pitching for at Ponderosa? It's tough, right? It, it completely depends who's sitting there, right? Like I think that you said like Lauren may, even though we're not seeing her, she may end up right now being a jury threat in the fact that like she could maybe get some Ratu votes. So I think that like she won't get there, but I think that like Ratu is probably pulling for her. And then at the same time, I think like we've been – it's been made pretty clear that I would think that Franny is like a car is a big Carolyn fan. So I'm going to say that she's going to be a big advocate for Carolyn if she gets there. And I'm assuming her and Matt may vote together. We've heard that Danny is a big Carson fan. So I, I think it could go a bunch of different ways with that, but that that's off the top of my mind what I'm thinking immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. So if Matt and Franny vote together, assuming they do because they clearly are very close at Ponderosa and right. they're close to this day. Um, I think they would vote together probably. So you could think Carolyn will get Franny's vote if she's there. Probably Matt's. I think Brandon and Jamie, I would say, are locked in votes for, for Lauren. If Lauren's not there, I don't think Brandon would vote for Carolyn. I also don't think Danny would vote for Carolyn. So I'm not sure who they would vote for. But Lauren gets those two votes. Carolyn gets Franny and Matt. Kane, I, I could see voting for Lauren, but I don't know if Kane... Maybe Kane would vote for Carson in that case. I'm not sure who Kane would vote for. Um, I guess Danny would vote for Heidi if she was there, but I don't know if Heidi will get there, but maybe Danny would vote for her. And then I don't know if I covered everybody, but um, yeah, I, I think that's who the current jury would vote for. I think Jam Jam is somebody who like, Lauren has, a, I think, a guaranteed voter too. Carolyn has a guaranteed voter too. Carson and Heidi... And Jam Jam, other than maybe Danny for Heidi, I don't see either of them having like a guaranteed vote on the jury, but they could get votes based on who's there, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep, for sure. Sorry, I was just going through questions here. Um, let me see. This is something that I've been seeing thrown around as a theory. Um, Jay wants to know, why would they put in a pointless idol search in an episode that went nowhere and easily could have been left in the cutting room floor. Maybe we get a flashback to somebody who actually found the idol. So I saw some people theorizing that maybe Heidi found the idol and she had two, which is why she just played it for herself. To me, that to me, that's only a to me that would make that would almost make her look worse to me. Cause it's like really? if she if she had found the other idol, then to me that there's less of an excuse to not go for a big move in that situation because you have insurance. So it's like you could play one on yourself and one on somebody else uh, to make sure that you ensure that that, that happens. Um, whatever you want to happen, happens. Um, that's probably honestly one of the reasons why I don't think that that happens. It's because that it would be too logical for her to completely control the vote. Whereas, you know, she could easily just, I guess if she's holding it just to close to the final four, it's impressive that she found the idols, but the actual, uh, reasoning behind her gameplay would not make much sense in my opinion at all but i saw i saw that same theory and i because i i did think it was very weird like why would they show that and then nothing came of it and but because it's tough because i feel like yeah there's a good chance that we start off next episode and we flash back to heidi finding it but then if they hide a brand new idol at the new beach because it's the final five uh heidi played her so it can go back into recirculation I mean, could we have two idols at the final five? It's possible. I feel like that's kind of weird, but it could easily happen. Um, and Dylan, I mean, I feel like you you bring up a, a good point where it's like, you know, why would she just not make that move there if she already has one in her back pocket? I feel like Heidi just is somebody who is a very, you know, self-interested self player. 
And she has every reason to be uh, nervous because she's gotten votes the last three tribals in a row. And listen, I've said before, Occam's razor is like usually means the simplest explanation is usually the correct one. It could just be she found an idol at the old camp. Um, she actually had the other one from before. She says, no matter what, I am guaranteed final four. If I play one tonight, I play one tomorrow. Because the problem is if she plays two, like you just said, if you if she's really scared, you play one for Jamie, you play one for yourself. If she pulls a poverty and pulls out two idols at once, you get people saying in the final five in the new era, you make a big move, you're gone. Heidi would be dead in the water of final five, I feel like, in that case. So I don't know if I believe the theory, but it does make some sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. To me, yeah, I, I'm also thinking about it from our perspective where I feel like she needs to make a big move in order to win, whereas maybe she doesn't realize that clearly as much right now. Um, all righty. I, I think I like this question a lot from Jay. Uh, this, this I, I've seen it talked about a lot, which is why I bring it up. He wants to know, do you guys think Jamie got a weird edit for a sixth-place finisher? yes yeah i do like we, we how many times did i talk about in this podcast this season that she was gonna have some crazy exit and <laughs> her exit ended up being just like well it, it was maybe gonna be carolyn and now uh now jamie goes it was a pretty simple vote like i i don't know it was like why did she why did she get the dodo edit all season to go out pretty normally i don't i don't know it is weird I mean, it's it's tough because I feel like, you know, you and I have gotten so good at looking at the edit over the last several seasons. I think you, I mean, obviously you and I started this journey together, you know, back in season 40, but obviously we've seen all the other seasons and we, and we've kind of gotten used to what the, um, what the, what the like edits look like. But I think the new era has really shown us that we can't really predict things anymore because it, I mean, if you had told us heading into 41, how the last three seasons would, would turn out, we would not have. I, I would not have believed it at all. So I feel like to answer Jay's question, it obviously I think based on precedent, it was a very weird edit. But I'm almost wondering if I should, you know, do what Steven's saying and is like I should probably just stop talking about the edit now because it's it's starting to just become unreadable at this point. Because like you said, I've thought for weeks now, ever since the whole like Jamie Idol thing happened, she was gonna be a losing finalist. Clearly that was wrong. Um and I and I actually thought even tonight. If Tika wanted to split up Ratu, I was like, oh, you get out Lauren here. And they're like, no, let's go for Jamie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's a weird edit for sure, but maybe edits. Jamie says alliances are dead. Maybe edit. Maybe edits are dead. Edits are dead. Edits are dead. I like that theory. Um, all right. And then we have a question from Christian here. And we, we touched on this a little bit, but he says thinks he thinks that there's a possibility that we get tie votes in the finals like ghost island what are our thoughts on that so is it confirmed eight eight on the jury or is it nine on the jury it's eight yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have matt brandon um you're, you're gonna have oh yeah you're gonna have eight you're gonna have matt brandon kane franny danny jamie and then two more people okay yeah i think it is possible that the tie vote now what if we get a tie vote with all three tika sitting there and then the other tika had to choose between one of the other two that would be a crazy ending to their to that arc but uh yeah i think that like a four four vote with heidi sitting there and not getting any or lauren sitting there and not getting any is for sure a possibility like i could easily see that i mean there's a chance i still i mean and maybe you'll be right i still feel like the odds are just so low i mean granted for the longest time survivor used to have odd number juries but even in the last several seasons, I think ever since maybe co-wrong or maybe like, maybe not co-wrong, but definitely ever since Triple H, we've had eight person juries. Like for, I mean, not counting EOE seasons. So like production clearly wants a tie. They got it in Ghost Island. I just feel like the odds are so tough because to have the jury split 4-4 is tough. Dylan, I also feel like another theory why this might be, why it's tough is because now that we've had like five, eight, nine seasons of this jury roundtable format rather than questions, I mean, granted, Dom and Wendell tied in a roundtable season, but it's like now that the jury can come in kind of more aligned, I feel like it's very hard for the jury to be split in half. I mean, it's not a coincidence to me 
that Erica, Gabler, Marianne, they all won by a 7-1-0 vote. Like, that's, I think, a little weird that they all won by the same exact votes. Um, but I, I just feel like the jury now is coming into a point where they're going to be mostly on the same page. That's that's a big thing, I think, as well. Like, like that, it, it's tough to tie a vote when all the jury comes in, maybe, you know, aligned in this person needs to do this to get our vote. This person needs to do this in order to get our vote. We're voting for this person if they do this. And, you know, everyone kind of comes in a line. At least that's what we've seen in the new era. So I think that's that's the biggest hurdle to it happening. Yeah. Um, but all right. Uh, that is all we got for tonight. Reminder that if you're watching this video, be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. The like really helps us out so that, you know, would thank you in advance if you could guys <clears throat> do that who are watching. Um, and yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in once again. And we will be back here next week to recap the finale of another Survivor season. Dylan, it always goes so fast. It always goes so fast. And then we got to wait, you know, four months until the next season. But maybe we'll have some stuff to talk about in the offseason. So. Yeah, we can figure that out when the time comes. But, uh, but yeah, stay tuned to our Twitter to see when we go live next week for the finale. And otherwise, we will see you then for the end of 44. Grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.